you like to know about it you can it works for you too say something what's up okay everybody uh hey welcome to live to tape and the feral audio network i'm johnny pemberton on live to tape with johnny pemberton also sometimes occasionally known as the executive buffet as a holdover from a previous iteration generation of a life that you could have lived if you were there when you were there to live it so thanks for listening uh, this is a fun show. I have a cool guest. He's a fun guy. He's a comedian. He does music. Obviously, because I was in your answer. Okay, I'm back for real now, baby. Um, that was a little impromptu song we just did. I don't know what it's called. I think it's based on probably something off of an emo label, but it's a little, a little jangly. <clears throat> this is uh, Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton and Whitmer Thomas, also known as Wits the Guest. You, if you want to do the good thing you got to do is you got to uh, go to the feralaudio.com page of, twist of, of, fucking a, of Live to Tape. 
and shop on Amazon Portal to buy things you need for your life to help support this podcast and this station called Feral Audio that the podcast is on. Also, go to iTunes and subscribe. That way you'll always be notified of a new podcast, which is every week. This is a weekly podcast. Consistency is king. Everything else you thought was king is bullshit. Only thing that matters is consistency. It's proof. And all things bad that happen is all because that person you think is bad is just being consistently bad. So that's why they're able to be successful and be bad. Like, why does that fucking shithead have this thing? Oh, it's because shithead just does shit every day so that's why it works so that's the whole nature of this podcast we're consistent maybe we'll go daily at some point when I start to lose my mind or lose all work right now it's weekly so subscribe also rate and review you don't have to write a review but if you want to you can Uh, if you want to write a skating review you can and you can also also just die in a puddle of, of uh, spent oil you got from a Jiffy Lube or you can you can raise your rates and uh, raise your rates of, of karmic hope rates and states and lower your car insurance rates if you leave a quality review with a quality rating that's how it reflects how you feel and you'll definitely be there all the time when you do that thing that you've got so so make sure you get in there and just lay it down on the beat and get it up in there. Rate, review, subscribe. The email for the podcast, should you want to send me some music or reach out and touch otherwise, is live to tape podcast at gmail.com. Hey, Wet. Hey, Johnny. I had to do a little housekeeping there just now. Good you, job. Yeah. Yeah, you, we all sound good with, with auto tune, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, I've never actually done had my voice with auto tune on it. Well, it's not. I don't know if this is uh, auto. This isn't true. This isn't true auto tune tune because true. Sorry, I'm just trying to get this so it sounds normal. True auto tune, I think, is where you assign. You would assign the uh, the pitches that you want to. Ah. So this does it automatically. I think this basically just rounds it. So if I go, hey, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So if there's a line, instead of it being a gradation, it's just it's a tip. It's a pitch correction. Yeah, it just throw, it just slams it into that other pitch. I, I like can it. slam it really hard and oh, do re mi fa sol la ti do. If it makes you happy. Why the hell are you so... I sound bad even doing that. That's, hard. That's really hard to sing. If it makes you happy... Is How it hard to do? sing? If it makes you happy... Oh. Why the hell are you so sad? I don't even know what key that is. Um, I think it's, um, if it's it... G. Is that all that's going on there? Well, I know that because I wrote a goth version of it. The oh, other sure. Day. What's it called? If it makes you yeah. sad, why are you so happy? If it makes you happy is what it's called. Okay. Yeah, but it's good. Can you play that? Um, I can't really remember, but it's like. Uh... I've been long. What's that? Long way from here. Is that how that song goes? Well, she goes. I've been long. Not a good karaoke song. Yeah. <laughs> I put on a poncho, played for mosquito. Damn. Drank till I was thirsty again. It's good. It is good. She's a marvel. I think sure. I always have this idea. 
because I when I bought my car, it has six. This is a uh, car from 1995. I had a six disc changer in the back, and when the guy was showing it to me, and it had some discs in it, and I was like, "Oh, here, take your CDs." He goes, "You can have them." But I'm, I'm standing right there, I'm like, well, they're yours. You should have them because they're your CDs. And he's like, no, nah, it's okay. Just hold on to them. I'm like, okay, I guess, uh, I guess I have them. And it was Leonard Skinner's Greatest Hits. Nice. And it was, I think, something like uh, from 1998, uh, the best of the Grammys. Whenever that, um, if you forget about that stuff that you oh, got yeah, twisting. Like future. What is that, 96? Yeah, yeah. So, Spin Doctors. Yeah, it was, that, was that was in there. And also there's a Sheryl Crow song, the one. Boom, bam, 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 the little conga. Oh, God, how's it go? It's, <laughs> it's the classic one that. The, why can't I fucking it's think like of Santa it? Santa Monica? <laughs> It's It might be that one. What's the other hit she's got? Well, oh, uh. I'm gonna do it, Samba Yeah, Santa Monica All I wanna do. Yeah, this, and that's in there, so listen to it. And I would joke, I was, we were stoned one time driving in Yosemite, and just about how, like, the looks on the faces of the A&R reps in the studio. When the, she played that, they're just like doing fucking high fives. Like, okay. Or like, I always had this idea for a character, a guy who's an AR rep from like the golden age of uh, like like early 90s. Yeah. So back when record industry was fucking blasting, booming, he would like show up at a at an open mic someplace in, in West Hollywood and just be, hey, what's up? Hey, uh, look, you know, I know you a lot of people dig your stuff, but uh, I'm just going to, here's the keys to, we have a little bungalow in, in uh, Palm Beach. Uh, I work for Capital. And uh, Cheryl, look, I just, I love what you do. I love your sound. I know you've got a lot of bigger labels courting you, but um, I just want to say I'm a fan. And if you want to talk, uh, let's talk. You know, let's, let's talk about this because I just want to make, I think that people don't understand where you want to take your art. And I just, I would hate for you to get locked into something that you're not happy with, and I think capital is where you need to be. Like some like some bullshit guy. He's got a ponytail. Of, like he's got his like uh, his blazer. And he's got like a nice Porsche and just driving around. Fucking listen to that. All I wanna do is have some. And just like he, there's the fucking high fives in the studio. Oh yeah, I think about that with that song all the time. That song that goes. Jules on a vacation far away. Like, you're in a band, and the singer of the band comes Zip. and he goes, Hey guys, I wrote a new one. <laughs> okay, here goes. His guitar. Sit at the button at the tune. All right. As a band where you're just like, Oh, we made it. Yeah. Back then, you know? I wonder if I wonder if when you have a big smoking stink pot of a rich make money hit if you know it. You gotta know. Like Oasis, I was watching that Supersonic documentary right? and they knew it. They did? As soon as... Um, but that, I feel like those guys are so... They're so cocky that maybe they would say that. Well, but do you think no, it was because real? they said they were they were Oasis for a while. And Oasis for and a while. Then, <laughs> and then they wrote... They have a weird accent, right? It's Noel like... Liam. Uh, it's like... It's like a Liverpool accent or something, right? It's like... Manchester. Manchester. He's my brother. He's my brother. Yeah. Well, we knew we had a hit here. <laughs> we knew we had a fucking hit here. Yeah. And I'm a bit Irish now. <laughs> but we knew we had a fucking hit. 
They are hits though. They are it's fucking. Like, I knew that the moment so I wrote, he, they wrote "Live Forever." Which Noel one's that? Wrote "Live Forever." It's like you and I, you're gonna live forever. Maybe I just wanna die. <laughs> Maybe you don't wanna do all the things you wanna do. And then Noel was like, "I took it to the van, and we knew that we would get a big record deal." Wow. But there, I know. Yeah. You know, there's a story about the story about Blake Shelton. You know who that is? The guy from uh... the the voice. Yeah, yeah. He's a country singer, and he has a song. I can't think of what it's called, but the chorus is, "Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit." <laughs> no. The, and the boys round here drinking that ice cold beer, talking about trucks, talking about girls, talking about some. That's how. That's literally how it goes. Because I bought it on iTunes because it's fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. But evidently, well, he thinks Blake Shelton claims that he. Invented the rap, the rap, country crossover song, mm -hmm. and which is not true. And also, whatever the fuck. he says this, uh, he says some. I think he says this. No, maybe it's Tim McGraw and Truck Yeah, <laughs> song Truck Yeah. Got got little Wayne pumping on the iPod. Got on this. He says that in the fucking. I want to play it so bad, but these are like number one big record hits where I feel like if you even even reference them, a lawyer will show up at your at your house after dinner and be like, hi, I noticed uh, you have interest in the Tim McGraw song? You like to play the publicly without without paying Tim and the Bob Oh, yeah, us? they know. That's like one of the songs where Spotify catches it like in half a second. Yeah. Or not Spotify, Instagram. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco. But this guy, Blake Shelton, he called up his reps and played him that demo and he said... You want to hear what money sounds like? And he held up the fucking phone to the song. Oh, man. Dude, yeah. And he's right. He's right. He, there's another song that goes, He can't even bait a hook. He can't even skin a bug. Oh he don't know who Jack Daniels is. I fucking love that shit. And then at the I end really of the course, do. he's bragging about how this guy, his girlfriend now is dating a big city guy. Right. And how... He goes, at the end of the song, the best part is that he goes, Man, I hate that sushi stuff. Oh. And I just want to know, if that guy sat down on the edge of his bed with an acoustic guitar and wrote that song. But here's the truth, though. He didn't. <laughs> Some guy named Jason Stevenson and another guy, guys who have music degrees, who live in Nashville, who are millionaires, seven of them wrote that song. Like that song, uh, you know the song by... Dirks Bentley called Sitting on a Beach. Mm -mm. It's a big fucking number one right now. Or at least it was maybe like six months ago or something. Huge number one song. It's not even a country song. It sounds like G-Love. It's like, uh, I, it's got such a backbeat on it. And mm -hmm. this song, it's a... Oh, yeah. Probably think I'm sitting at home. Nah. Probably think that I'm all alone. Nah. Probably think I'm missing you, wishing you would call my phone. Hell no. <laughs> I went wheels up on a runway. My ticket was a one-way. Here comes the chorus. Right away. Chorus. I'm somewhere on a beach, sipping something strong. Got a new girl. She's got it going on. She's got a body, and she's a naughty. It's just, I mean, it's so gratuitous. It's like fucking McDonald's. It's like the McDonald's of music. And I checked, I looked it up. It's got six writers. Six writers. Also, this is his 10th album. Oh, so this guy's been fucking plugging away for so long, ready to be Nashville's next big thing. And he did it. He did it. Well, that's like that lemonade 
Beyonce. Oh, it's really? like I didn't watch it, but it advice. Uh, Eric Dorian was saying he watched it and he was so moved by it. Really? And then at the end, he saw that it had like sixteen writers. Oh hell yeah! All <laughs> so that shit does. She didn't even write the poems. No, it's corporate product. It's like a beautiful <laughs> corporate expression. Yeah. It's like the ultimate of. Uh, that's what's so funny to me about all those people who talk about, like being behind, like oh Beyonce is this so great. She she might not even be a real person. She's yeah. like maybe like the 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 android prototype that is the ultimate corporate expression through. Yeah, yeah. isn't it weird? So like, they just go on meetings all day, and as people kind of pitch them ideas that they came up with that they potentially might just want to do. Yeah, because if you get uh, Beyonce to co-brand your thing, you're just you're you're book. Hey Beyonce, I thought of this thing. I thought of something for you, Beyonce. I thought of something good. <laughs> What's that? And I. Uh, What's that? What's that? Well, I thought something good for you. What the idea is you're going to endorse a Coca-Cola product. We're going to displant Coca-Cola. We're going to think about a new drink. It's called Beyonce Bubble. And it's going to taste like Coke meets Pepsi just mixed together. And you're going to endorse it. And it's going to be the next goddamn biggest drink that's ever existed. I love it. You love it, Beyonce? I love it. This is Beyonce's true voice when she is taken off the Illuminati reptilian skin. Hi, my name is Kanye West. I'm a survivor. And that's my girlfriend, Beyonce. Yeah, in fact, me and Kanye are actually dating. I don't, Jay-Z doesn't actually even exist. You sound really cool right now. Thanks. You sound like you're on a UFO program. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't want them to know what I actually sound like, so it's important for me to have this, because I'm afraid. Could you tell me some more stuff about what you learned when you went to Area 51? Well, um, the first thing that I learned is that aliens, uh, well, people often think that they don't have hair, but they, they do have a, a very thick hair. Aliens yeah. got thick hair? Yeah, and I, at first, what, the first alien I saw, I thought was just a large, um, corgi. But in fact, it was, it was a, uh, A large corgi, but those are little dogs. But yeah, I thought it was a real, but, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe a, 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 a longer corgi. Okay. And, okay, uh, I get the it. The fear that I had in my heart once I, I noticed that it, it was, in fact, uh, thinking about more than bones. And uh, puppy chow, uh, and it was in fact thinking about uh, computers and you know technology. This is an alien. Yeah, I knew I could tell. I could look at the uh, at the alien's face, and I knew that it was an alien. It wasn't just a large corgi. So very thick hair. Are these like dreadlocks, or are they just no, really thick filaments? Just thick, nice hair. So it's not a collection of hair. It's a it's a single strand that's thick. Um, like a tree branch. It, well, is that, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, I didn't get too close to it because I was, I was real spooked by the thing, so. What, what did you do in Area 51? What was your job? Uh, I was visiting my uncle. Okay, so they, you can do that there? Yeah. I didn't think you could. Well, <laughs> if you gotta, it has to be a first uncle. Okay, so it's like your dad, is, is I heard it, your daddy has to be not alive. Yeah, so, so like, my dad passed. Okay. And uh, and because he passed, my uncle is my godfather. Okay. It has to be an uncle-godfather situation. And so that allowed you to go to Area 51. So I went to Area 51 where my uncle uh, introduced me to an alien. Um, okay. Named Ben. Ben, is that his alien name? Is that the name he's given so he can be communicated um, with? It's... Uh, 
you know, I'm not sure. I didn't. I was yeah, too spooked to ask. It's, you've already given us a lot of information. Yeah, we they can just use had here. thick hair. Looked a lot like a big corgi, and his name was Ben, and he barked. Okay. Instead of you know, he I could tell that he could talk, uh -huh. but he chose to bark. In That's so interesting the way the aliens have chose to do that. Yeah. They don't have to do that. We know we've had other experts on the show here before mm -hmm. on Area Fifty One Rediscovered. That's what mm -hmm. we're doing now. This is caller. This is Area Fifty One Rediscovered, mm -hmm. and we have Unknown Soldier Sixteen here. We That's can't say your name. Right. You're not a soldier, but you have been. He has been to Area Fifty One in the Nevada desert mm -hmm. where the world's longest runway is there it's a 400 mile long runway mm -hmm. it is the longest runway in the world well it's long uh, because in case alien ship has to land right and those yeah. are really big those are uh yeah well my uncle dad my uncle dad said they're they're literally huge they're literally huge. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, because you hear those words tossed around sometimes like a, like a fake brick. You ever touched a fake brick? No. It's like a brick that you get at the grocery store that has, like, your favorite team on it, and it's painted. Uh, a piece of st a fire styrofoam or foam is painted, and then it's got looks like a brick. Mm. So it's got the colors of a brick, and you're like, oh, I'm pissed off with the TV. I'm going to throw this. And actually, it's just foam. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a, but it's, it's like, I don't know what I was even relating that to, but. Mm. Now, when you, when you, how did, when you left Area 51, did, did you miss it? Yeah. Okay. I, I mainly miss playing with that alien. Okay. They're really um, fun to play with, huh? Yeah, they're always. Chasing, okay. chasing you around. And oh. They like, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of similarities to a dog. Okay, but nah. But they're clearly not uh, thinking about dog stuff. They're thinking about bigger picture things. Yeah, they're thinking about bread, buildings. And, buildings and, and how to uh, harvest. Harvest. Corn. Okay, the well, corn is a thing. Wheat, uh, a lot of corn talk. I love corn. Do you like corn? I've always loved corn. Yeah, I've always like. I didn't always like corn, so for me it was a thing where I grew to like corn. One time I, at a dinner at a friend's house when I was a child, I ate three whole ears of corn. I realized what it was. It wasn't so much the corn I didn't like, it was too hot. It was always being served too hot. I let it cool down. I put a lot of butter on there, a lot of salt, and I ate it. And it was a cool temperature, so I just wolfed through there like a typewriter on guns. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've always liked corn, and uh -huh. for the longest time I didn't know if I just liked butter. But in fact, I love corn. I like the corn without the butter or the yeah. pepper or the salt. It is sweet. Corn is sweet. It's naturally sweet. And I, if I had my way, I would be able to eat the inside of the corn. What's that? The rind? Yeah, you could be, I heard if you double boil it and you, you fry it up. Is that a thing? Yeah, you double boil it and you fry it up and you just let it let it cook. Now, uh, yeah. what's your favorite style of corn to eat? Mine's baby. Oh, that's, baby, that's not real. That's like a Chinese corn. Yeah, that's my, my favorite. Chinese baby corns? Yeah, that's my favorite. Is kind. it? Oh, I thought it wasn't corn. I thought it was actually like a type of artichoke. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to play this transition, this transition song. So, um, 
What, what kind of, what's up with the band? What band? You're in a band. Uh, Are you in a band? I'm in a solo band. Well, yeah, by myself. What's it called? Whiplock. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't know that. Whiplock? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? It's a, uh, uh, Jim Carrey's character's name in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Whiplock. Mm-hmm. Think he came up with that? No, it seems like, well, no, I don't think he did because I'm pretty sure it's a word backwards. When Gina Davis, because that's their their language is just English backwards. Oh, is it? So, like, when Gina Davis goes, What's your name? He goes, Whiplock. I've never seen that movie. It's real bizarre. You love Jim Carrey. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I think what happened was. And if, you, like, if you feel better playing music underneath you, explaining, it's okay. Okay. I think what happened was... You don't I, have to, either. You don't have to. Uh, I'm, I'll try. Okay. Um, as a kid... <laughs> as a kid, uh, In Living Color was a big thing for my dad. Your dad? Mm-hmm. Really? He and just my loved... older brother. Oh, how much older? Five years. Okay, that's older. So he was like 11, yeah. 12. Mm-hmm. So he perfect age for that. And my, they would always say that I looked... Like him, you do kind of have a similar. There's something yeah. similar. Our teeth, our teeth. Mouth. Okay, maybe our eyebrows. So I think Audrey Tateau and John Leguizamo look similar. I think it's the mouth thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So then Ace Ventura came out. Perfect age. I think I was like six. Yeah. And then I watched that in the theater with my brother and my dad and my mom. And I went into the bathroom and I vandalized it because I was so moved. You van? What do you mean you vandalized it? Like- I destroyed it. What bathroom? The theater? No, at the Wings. Is hot, or Wings is what the restaurant was called. Wait, so you went out to the movie theater. And then afterwards we went to the restaurant. You went to Wings. Yeah. This is in Gulf Shores? No, this is in Birmingham. Birmingham. Alabama. And uh, I went to the bathroom with my brother. Because you're six years old. Yeah. My brother was like, we were done washing our hands, and he was like, okay, let's go back to the table. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here for a bit longer. Sit um, Just sit in the floor? or just... In the bathroom, I was looking in the mirror. Yeah. And then something came over me, and I just destroyed the entire bathroom. Like how? With your fists? Uh, no, I like pulled all the paper towels out. Okay. I like undid all the toilet paper rolls. Right. I like turned on all the sinks and like just destroyed it. So no, but no like damage. Nobody was in there. No, no, no. I didn't break any windows. Yeah. And then I went back and sat down, and then the uh, waiter came to the table and was like, "Hello, sir, ma'am. Uh, we have reason to believe that your child just destroyed our bathroom." We have reason to believe. Yeah, so... We have reason to believe that your son was implicated in a scandal. And I was like... Oh, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you said that? You were, no. you were caught. I admitted it. And then, uh, yeah. And Damn. From then on, I just think because I like kind of had already been compared to him as from my family, that I kind of just like liked him a lot. Right. And then a lot of it also has to do with he was in Liar Liar, and that was the only VHS tape that I had. So you just saw it a lot? I saw it all the time. And then, uh, that's it, yeah. Did anything happen when you got in trouble for that? Was there, like, a punishment laid down? Uh, I don't know. That's that weird age where, like... It's kind of hard to... Like, you probably didn't even realize that you were uh, doing this bad. Yeah. There's so many things I did that were bad as a kid that I can't believe I fucking did that. Like, how could I think that was okay to do that? I think it's you're just experimenting. You're like, oh, is this... Is this, is this wrong? Is this right? I would lie all the time. Maybe what? About what? And my parents knew that I was lying. Like, 
And I didn't know, and so I would feel really guilty. Like, I would lie, like, on the first day of kindergarten, mm -hmm. um, my mom was picking me up. Clearly, I didn't have homework because I was five. Yeah. And my mom was like, got any homework? Making a joke. Yeah. And I was like, oh, homework. And I said, yeah, actually, the teacher said to take all the kids to the toy store and buy them Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and your mom saw and through that. And my mom saw through it and was like, okay. And she went and got me a toy. Like, uh, so she reinforced job, you went to your it. first day of school. Yeah. I think she thought that I knew that I was lying. Oh. And she was like, whatever, it's no big deal. Good for you, buddy. And so about a year later, I brought my mom into the living room and like sat her down to confess to her that I lied <laughs> about that Ninja Turtle. What'd she say? And she was like, I knew you were kidding. I thought you were kidding. And I was like crying. Really? Freaked out. I felt so guilty. You were only seven then or what? I was six. Oh, well, yeah, it's kindergarten's young. This song to me sounds like, You and me together, always. <laughs> Isn't it funny how Gwen Stefani's still attractive? Not funny, it's just, I guess it's an accomplishment. Well, she's how do you been mean? Like, because she's such a part of an era? Or because just physically she's aged really nicely? She's aged really nicely. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. I wonder what it is. I don't know. I think she's maybe, so, I think maybe it's um. Doesn't look like she's done anything to herself. It might be Hollywood magic. I think sometimes with female singers mm -hmm. who are really active on stage, like she is, if they don't fuck up their do anything to their face, like plastic surgery, right. I think they age really well because they're so they're forced to be relevant and energetic yeah. with an audience. Maybe she has done something to her face, we just don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen her in person. <laughs> I always said I saw her in an airport once. How she she looked she, good? She looked good. She had on dark glasses and she had a baby strapped to her chest. Mm -hmm. She had about eight people around her mm. and she was in a pret-a-manger buying some food. Oh. But it seemed like it was really interesting cuz her and her whole crew were very like they were they were kind of a uh, it just seemed like very businessy. Like it was yeah. like it was fucking New York. They're just gone. Just very serious. Dun, 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 dun. Well, does like Leonardo DiCaprio? Does he have to go to the airport? I don't know. I think probably not. I think he probably has a private jet, right? Oh, that sucks. But I always wonder about that because I've seen plenty. I've seen a good number. You know, I saw Sam. What's the what's the famous director's name? Famous writer Sam something. Shepherd? Not Sam Shepard. I want to say not Sam Mendez, but... S oh, yeah. There's a Sam Mendez. Who's the guy who does Spider-Man? Sam... Oh, Raimi. Sam Raimi. I sat next to Sam Raimi on a flight, but I only knew it was him because Fadon was like, that's Sam Raimi. Yeah, but... He looks... Even, even him, though, he's, like, not as famous Yeah, he's a director. He's not a an actor, but... I could never imagine, like, Martin Scorsese sitting in a terminal waiting for his airplane. Exactly. What the heck? So these people... At what point? At maybe what they point? just go flying out of, like... Fancier airports, probably as well. Maybe, it is. maybe smaller airports. Yeah, that this is a good nice. question. Oh, is there? A, can we get a caller in line here? I wish there was someone we could call to have this this type of. Who would you call if you wanted the answer to this question? I'd uh, call Matthew McConaughey. Would you do his number? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, let me think. Do I have any famous people's numbers? I have some famous people, but I know that they probably definitely go to the airport because they're cool. Yeah, I think I. Um, I should ask Cheryl Hines. I want if I, if this would if I knew it would work, I would call her right now and ask her. Hey Cheryl, what so, does Larry David do? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Larry David probably flies by himself mm -hmm. because he's such a curmudgeon. He wouldn't want to. 
But also, I don't fucking but know. But then again, there's that video of him in the parking garage. What do you mean? Trying to figure out how to get out of a parking garage. Are you serious? It's hilarious. It's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is probably... You think it's a stunt? You think it's real? It's it's old. It's like boom, early boom, YouTube. Boom, boom, no, 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 no. Don't know, don't know. It's the metal version. So we're like big fucking curb fans. We wrote this for you, Larry. We use a shotgun in our music. I always wanted, you know what no one ever did? I was super into metal and mosh metal as a kid, and no one ever, they would, that was a common thing. They would do mm. like a shotgun before yeah. a breakdown, or they do a sound clip from a movie. No one ever did the Terminator 2 theme. Which is. It's like. Dun, 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 dun. It's like something like it's like dun, 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 or something like that. I Maybe because it's, it it it's too long. It's not enough of an instant thing yeah. where I'm going to kill you. The one of them was my favorite one was uh, Dumb and Dumber does they go you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Oh. That's so they, they someone would do that instead of the Yeah. And then there's another one that was like uh, oh <laughs> this one was in an emo band right. that had like screamo and it's from Angus Oh, Angus, that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, I haven't thought about that in a long time. And he goes, I don't know how it feels. You think you're the only one who wakes up every morning wishing they were someone else? That makes sense. Um, That was my fave. That was a classic. I, lo- I used to do that when I would DJ. Yeah. I would DJ, I'd bring a CD player, and I would drop, drop, like, uh, drops, little breaks, and the my, the one that will, I remember the first time I did it when I first started DJing, my friend Dave asked me if I wanted to DJ this um, party. I remember this guy's name. This guy's name is Blake, and he had a party out. This was like 20 minutes outside of Rochester, Minnesota. It's probably like in Casson, or like Iota, or maybe Dover, some little fucking punk, not punk, some little dinker farm town. His kids, I was probably like 19. They had a party. And uh, it was like they're all taking ecstasy. I knew that they're all taking it, and that was like the whole point of the party. And this kid was like this, like a miniature. He's he's in, he's in a promoting right. I just before I even understood what any of that stuff meant, but I was into DJing house music, house and breaks and stuff. <clears throat> I DJed out there, and I had uh, that record from Bob and Doug McKenzie from uh, Strange Brew, mm. and this one part on that where they go, uh. You guys rolling? Because he was asking about the tape because yeah. they were recording the album, and I was DJing like playing some some house song, some sort of you know house song, and I stopped the record and I put, I had it queued up. I went, "You guys rolling?" And everyone was like, <sighs> <laughs> "But it was like maybe twelve people." It's the first time I ever saw a girl smoking those little tiny thin cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Remember seeing that and be like, "What the fuck is that?" She's like, it's uh, cigarette. It's like a more ladylike cigarette. It's like, holy shit! What the fuck dude, is it? Remember I'm, the first time you saw a Capri? Yeah, I was in L.A. Really? What'd you think about that? I thought it was cool. I always secretly wanted to smoke so bad as a kid, but I me was too. Like, 
I think it was too punk or something, and I wouldn't do it. I tried to. I just didn't like it. I would yeah. uh, smoke in the park with the the they call the dirties. These are the dirties. It was a bunch of like the cool kids who did drugs in our high school. Cool. But they weren't even that dirty. They were just sort of they were kind of like slacker loser types. But not even that, because it was a Catholic high school, so they weren't really that bad. But I would try, I wanted so badly to start to smoke, but I just didn't like it. Like, I really didn't like the way it made me feel, didn't like the taste of it. So I didn't, but I wanted to so badly to be a smoker. Me too. It would be so cool to be a smoker. It was always cool. It was like a fun, romantic, cool thing. Yeah. And... um, it was exciting. Like uh, the beach rats were the kids who smoked at my. They the smoked at the skate spot where we all skated, and there would be cigarette busts from the cops. Oh my god! <laughs> cigarette <laughs> busts. They take their cigarettes. How old were you? How old were these people? Like sixteen? They 16? were like six, between sixteen yeah. and eighteen, maybe younger. Smoking. But I remember like smoking. 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 Imagine reading that script for The Mask. The Mask! So, wait. Okay, so you read the script. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It says, uh, Stanley Ibkiss puts on mask, spins around a bunch, looks in mirror, and says, smoking. (laughs) Smoking. Well, this is where we know James is... I'm sorry, Jim. This one we know Jim is really going to... He wants to bring a lot to the role. I mean, we have him in from the get-go. He's actually been sitting with the writers. He's been actively... Working with them, he loves the script. He loved what you did. Did you hear that weird sound? That was my mouth. Oh my god! I thought it was like a phone going. You must stop. <laughs> you must stop. Ah, oh, that guy. Could you the, imagine? I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine at all. I think about that with actors all the time. Yeah. What what it would sound like? Yeah. yeah. It is quite a big deal. What's that? To an extent, I should have gone watch because they just get nervous. Now we're Godspeed, you black and poor. Um, we, we, I would encounter that a bit with. Um, you always think about what it would be like. If you're an actor, to, to read those. Well, in some movies that you think, like, what's an amazing movie? What's a classic movie that has a, um, a tour de force performance by some actor that isn't like Daniel Day-Lewis or whoever? Probably, like, Goodfellas, like Ray Liotta or something from Goodfellas, maybe? Um, I'm thinking, like, more of a, where a, the movie hinges on, on a pro- lot of the main actor's, like, charisma. Ooh, okay. Well, that's a lot of movies, but what's an example? Let's see here. Um, like Come a, on. I'm a Robin Williams. I'm trying to think oh, of a so really maybe like, good um, one. Maybe like Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which actually is not... Did I tell you I watched that again recently? Yeah. And I love Robin Williams, but he's definitely the worst actor in the entire movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Without a doubt. 100%. Oh, man. He's being like acted circles around. Yeah, really? It's crazy. It's weird. But yeah, okay, what's a movie that's like... It's like the... Um, a few good leagues, uh, men of a certain time, uh, a certain time. wishing, wish, wish, wish back to before you had it. Uh, mm-hmm. Wish back. Uh, the the what? The way to shine. Somebody, somebody loved Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> somebody uh, loved Raymond. We should start a show called Everybody Loved Raymond. Everybody loved him, but now he's gone. If he's where he is. We do not know. Ask a baby. Ask a crow. Tell your daddy, tell your mom, tell a friend, go to prom. Call a sister, write a song. 
Kalahane. What what are the best? So I'm right. I'm trying to write a song right now. That okay. Goes, I don't. I, this is the only idea. I mean, I right want, now, right now, or sort of right now in my life. Okay. I want every every pet name, and it's pet a sad name. song. But okay. all I can think of is baby, honey, lover, sweetheart, sweetheart, um, sugar, sugar, ooh, um, yeah. sugar, uh, cherry. No, cherry's cherry. not one. Um, um, puppy, 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 kitten. Kid. People say kitten, uh, deer, deer heart, deer, deer heart, sweetheart, <laughs> sugar, muffin, little, muffins one, little pit, little pig, piglet, <laughs> uh, ding dong, sock, sock, Cassie, seven, snippers, snippers, yeah, uh, tis, tis, yeah. tis, uh, Lemmy, Gordon, Tapo. St Stacker McMurphy Shong 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 yeah uh, Flippin so um, Sock Tan Tandoor Tander uh, Tander uh, Comanche Comanche uh, Shortstop <laughs> Oh I do say shortstop Glover Yeah uh, Oven Hugs Tau Nat Tanini Tahini Beanie Shrimp Shrimp uh, Beanie Boy, uh, Flower Girl, Gut, uh, Gut Cuckle, <laughs> uh, Sandwich Crap Sandwiches, Sandwich Eater, um, oh, oh, uh, Ralphie, uh, Kimby, Kimberly, Score. Can you play the song? What you have? Yeah, it goes. Well, this is all I got. Here we go. Um. Baby, a Baby, a Sweetheart, Comanche. So it'll be just like that with all the good. pet names. But where does it go? All and then it would go. And you Leonard Cohen style. Leonard Cohen. What is Leonard Cohen style? He would be if it's low. He would be about yeah. So he'd go close to the mic. He would go. Don't be so sad. Oh, so it's not about speaking. Just be my dad. Be my lover, <laughs> be my friend, be my honey. See how hard, whoa, see how hard wow, as a singer, weird. try to sing as hard as you can. What do you mean, like, like, like Mariah Carey, you know, that kind of like, singing? I can't, that's hard, that's what singing is, right? Yeah, but you got this pitch thing on your voice. But so that just that doesn't get that doesn't give you the do 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 oh. That sounds terrible. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Did you ever think? Oh, what is this? It's what? This is another thing I'm trying to figure out what this is. I want to ask me like a lemon 
say My name is Billy Bragg, this is how I sing Oh yeah Well I don't know a dad and I don't know a mom I don't know a little brother that sings this song I dance all day in my parents' house And I'm just afraid of a little Just look at me Did you want to do the thing that you said? Oh my god, we're having a best summit set Summit, it's the G4 Summit Invite all the countries that got lots of money Bring them in town, we're gonna make a meeting Is that something? That's gotta be, that's just that's got to be a thousand things, right? It's a thousand things Oh, it almost sounds like What I like about you Oh yeah It's cause you look when I dance I used to love dancing to that song At high school mixers Oh dude that's another one Think about Somebody sat at their post and wrote that At their post What I like about you Well because I can imagine writing a song like uh, Like a, a band that I listen to now Right But I can't imagine writing any song That would be remotely iconic and I wonder, the Romantics probably sat and wrote that song. That probably wasn't That's a song. That's them? Writer. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Well, I like about you. Because you know how to dance. I just thought it was Steve Miller Band. I <laughs> 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 think Steve Miller Band knew about. They think he knew the Postal Service was going to want that. Did they take that? Fly like an eagle. Yeah, Postal Service uses it in like a ton of commercials about 20 years ago. Oh, the. I thought you were talking about the band. Oh, no. I'm talking about USPS. Oh, yeah, I remember that. United States Postal Service. Well, also, he wrote a song trying to capitalize, I guess, on magicians. He did? Abra, Abra, Kadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. I just know Joker. Oh, I yeah. know uh, um, Fly Like an Eagle, and I know... Better suit, summer down, summer down, glasses. Taking money and run. Taking money and run is great. Oh, taking money and run. See, his lyrics are kind of like. That's one of those bands. I gotta have good lyrics. I got look know? here. I gotta have good lyrics. You, you, you're a lyric guy. I'm a lyric guy. You gotta have good lyrics. I gotta. I only recently became a lyric guy. For real, isn't that weird? It took me like a long time. I think it's type of like I know people who love music and they could never tell you what a song is about is it a maturity thing what is it I think it's just what you're into I know like I think a lot of times people who are a little bit more arty right don't hear lyric. they don't think about lyrics okay they think about structure yeah or tone I think yeah. to, to me tone is the most important thing yeah and if the tone matches the lyrics then you got something baby yeah. but where I guess I like Lyrics, but, but you, I don't consider myself too arty. You came from a punk scene. Yeah. You started playing punk music, and you were a young punk, yeah. young lad. That was your thing. What was like the bands that you were like? Oh, this is this is the band. Well, um, Rancid. Oh yeah, Rancid. Um, uh, Operation Ivy. Anything like that. Uh, what's that band? Anti Flag. Twenty first century digital boy. I got a lot of love. It's that they're like a. Bad religion. Bad oh, religion. bad religion. Love bad religion. Bad religion. But it was all because of Blink-182 and those types of men. And but now he, you got a guitar from Blink. Yeah, Mark Hoppus gave me the guitar that I'm playing right now. Audience. Pretty tell, cool. tell that story, audience. Well, so I... I'm just going to interrupt real quick. This is Whitmer Thomas. 
of the Power Violence Comedy Club, mm-hmm. also of the Stone Quackers mm-hmm. comedy animated show. Mm-hmm. What else? Do you use Twitter? Mm. And Instagram. <laughs> I prefer Instagram. He prefers Instagram. He's a younger guy who prefers Instagram. I like photos and um, more than words. Yeah. Jokes. But you can pair them together, and that's when yeah. you're like, that's something. That's right. A meme. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I, I tell a joke about Blink-182, and Mark Hoppus found out. Who's How do you find out? Bass think? player. Um, well, I'm, this is where it's tricky. I don't know, because all that happened was I got... He replied to something I... I shared a photo of me on Twitter or something. What do you mean? You shared it was a like photo? a photo of me telling that joke for the first time. Okay, it's so like a meme because like you have the words on it. Telling a joke about Blink One Eighty Two, and I'm anyway. And he commented, "What?" And then this guy that is a mutual friend named Jensen Carp mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, I sort of know Mark. I, maybe I can introduce you guys." So he introduced us. Then me and him kind of got to know each other through that. And then. Jonah Ray recommended that we all form a joke band together, and then we did, and then Mark Hoppus gave me this guitar. I saw that joke band, and it was very much not really a joke. <laughs> no. It well, was like, this is real and cool. It, yeah, we we just formed a cover band of our, yeah. and played our favorite five, six songs. Right. One of them being Blink-182. It was ripping. Yeah, that's cool. That and was a cool show. He was really nice and gave me this sweet-ass Fender Jazzmaster. Jazzmaster is a great, it's a great guitar. You can do a lot with that. You can play grunge. You can play jazz. Yeah. You never got into jazz though, did you? I like jazz. But you never were like as a kid, as a teen. So that was I was in the jazz. I was a teen jazz boy. No, I like. I was a jazz boy. I had too much angst. I I think I did too, but that was part of my angst was being into jazz. Well, that's I think because of punk. I was like a not. I was terrified of being pretentious. Okay. Whereas, like my yeah. other friend Clay, who's like my best pal, he Clay's was the great. opposite. It was like his dream was to be a New York coffee shop man. Really? And my dream was to be like, uh, I don't know what the hell, but a punk. Yeah. A, and a punk he artist. He wanted to be a punk too, but he, I think. We he also got into hip hop and stuff. I didn't like any of that. Oh. I didn't. I got really. I got into like Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And people like that. Leonard. Mm-hmm. I, and also, I was permanently heartbroken. Oh, really? From what age? Thirteen. Is it easier to talk about this with your voice affected, or is it harder? Yeah, it's better. E- easier. Okay. I'll tell. Want me to play you uh, the first bar of a song, one of the first songs I ever wrote? Let's do that and talk about heartbreak, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. <laughs> I'll play the first one. No rush, seriously, no rush, no. This is this is really it. This is. So I wrote this when I was like fifteen or sixteen about a girl who broke up with me. Well, and this is how I sang too. Okay. Well, I'm in Birmingham again, running from the hurricane. It's been building now. I forgot it. Oh, come on. You got it. You got like, it. <laughs> Just push through. Oh, that's what it is. Well, I'm in Birmingham again, running from the hurricane. I hope it tears this city to shreds. This is okay. pretty cool. So that I never have to see, wait for it, you and him together again is that how it goes is that it 
It's that for five minutes. Five minutes of the same, same words? No, all different words. But, oh, I thought you were going to play the whole thing. Dude. Was, Can no. you give me one more verse? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, one more verse, please. And, um, and, um, and if it's... And it's fine if if you try to call my phone, it's fine. I know that you won't. I just might answer it and sigh. <laughs> <laughs> and hope that oh, wow. the other and you yeah. start to cry. Start to cry. You kinda got a little bit of oburst in that's that. That's what oh, that's all I was oh, trying okay. to do. Yeah, that's uh I never I never liked Bright Eyes, but I, I give him credit now, but it was something where I was like, Ah, oh, this is just the gross this is the worst. Yeah, that's how Clay was. Yeah, he hated it. Okay. Yeah, I, I bought in one hundred percent. That's interesting. Every I feel like band on that label, Saddle Creek, I bought every record. I think Clay and I might have very close to identical music taste, at least on certain things. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Other than reggae. Yeah. Well, he'll he'll get there. Yeah, it might. He'll get there. Everybody gets there. I would see. I like. Right. I was raised on reggae. See, see, I was not raised on anything. I definitely wasn't raised on reggae, and definitely wasn't raised on the kind of reggae that I like listen to now, which is like Rub a Dub from 1983. <laughs> Trayoting, trayoting, never wanna do. <laughs> I want to hear about the heartbreak, though. I just every relationship ended bad. As what do you mean kid. ended bad? Like, but you're a kid, so it's not really bad. It's just sort of that's just this is how. Because how here's my perspective. I didn't kiss a girl until I think I was. Oh, I can't say maybe eighteen. Oh. I think I was eighteen. Wow. Maybe 17. Maybe 17. But either way, what's the big difference? I was a senior in high school. Yeah. I didn't kiss a girl for real until then. So I was... I think that's right. God, is that right? Fuck, it might be right. Jesus Christ. That's... matter no. But either way, I was fucking hard. I was hard up and ready. I wanted to have any experience whatsoever with any girl. I yeah. definitely dated girls or sort of like went to dances with them would not date it. I wanted to dance with them but that's a thing where you just don't realize that oh you're just a fucking little m'lady boy you don't even know it but you're yeah. totally the reason you're not hooking up with any girls is because you're making things too precious and you can't know that until you don't you do know that it's like you just can't know it and someone like you obviously had experiences with girls from a very young age. So it's this thing where... <laughs> Why, obviously? Uh, well, because you talk about this and you wrote this when you were 13, right? Oh, yeah. And so that is an age... Did you kiss that girl? Well, no, this song was written when I was 16. But oh, okay. I did I write songs 13. about girls when I was 13, well, sure. How old did you kiss a girl for the first time? Uh, first time I ever made out with girls when I was in sixth grade during Bring It On. See what's see that's that's young. Movie. That's a young age. In the theater. It's not it's not a young age like a bad age. It's just an age where, like yeah, things moved quick. Yeah. And then well, <laughs> see so because what happened? I think what I blame it on is I was just like f totally physically peaking. It. From twelve to fourteen. Twelve? Did you weren't? I did. I looked what, good. What do you mean? You looked so I good. I looked at pictures of That's me back creepy, then, man. and I looked really good. What did you have? Like, did you go through puberty at twelve? Mm, I was like boyish in the perfect way. <laughs> oh my God, I really what? was, dude. Like, uh, I was boyish in the way right. that like you want to be and then something I happened. don't know what that I because I've never wanted to be boyish I want to look like I want to look like Vigo Mortison yeah me too now 
That's, I want to look like a fucking guy who I want to. You know what I look like? I want to look. What I want to look like is Waylon Jennings. I want to look like Waylon Jennings in 1977. That's who I feel like I am sometimes. And I look in the mirror. I'm like, you don't look. You look like the kind of person Waylon Jennings wouldn't even bother to answer a question from. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So now I want to look. I just. I'm just saying. For where my all the girls were right? at, and their in their little girl brains yeah i was like ideal for them in middle school in middle school okay and then uh i got really weird in eighth grade when you got gangly or something i got gangly and i got really punk okay so i got so like i dressed punk i looked punk all that stuff but you say you you also sounds like you got emo not just punk you got really yeah yeah just i'm sad i'm sad a thousand a thousand years sad tears of blood forever love for sure love yeah but in seventh grade, I I got very advanced sexually, and I got hand jobs and blowjobs. Jesus Christ! And then, I can't believe that. Eighth grade took a break. See, there's something about that where I feel like that the fact that didn't happen to me, it's it's like a thing where I don't know. There's some sort of fundamental difference because you're a romantic guy. You're mm-hmm. like a, you're a softy, right? You would For say sure. you're a softy. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not that way at all. I. I, I feel like the opposite, but, but I, I think but, because of that, you're probably better suited for the world. Maybe who knows? I don't think there's. Is there a better suited for the world? Um, I think when you are grow up being like romantic and over romanticizing everything that right. you see, you there's so much opportunity to be let down. But you have to have some sort of realization of that now, right? You have to have context and you have awareness of it because you're you're beyond those years by so much and you've yeah. seen so much and ha- been through stuff so you know that that stuff is all it is romanticized it's not really real it's kind of this thing where oh i didn't know any better to know that those feelings they're real feelings but they're they're temporary yeah it's something that's going to go away and change and change with me yeah I mean, things, but you still feel influenced by that. I'm still romantic, and but definitely a lot of the feeling that I used to have right. is gone. No Effects wrote a song about it called "All Out of Angst." You mean <laughs> all out of angst? So you mean all the feeling you have in terms of like the uh, a romantic, like poetic sort of thing is gone? Well, I remember I used to lay in like just things that I would think would be much more like beautiful right. or something and now i don't have those same thoughts but don't you think that's just a uh of loss of innocence yeah for sure it's a yeah. loss it's like a it's you being calloused i guess yeah in, in the same way too also i don't know yeah i mean my days now i i think like you, the older you get the more i don't know like this weird unsatisfaction with everything and like i think fe- i know what you mean yeah it's a thing where you, you can't like something now the same way you liked something when back then. Like I can't. There's some reggae records that I've been like head over heels about because this, this oh this is so cool. It's so novel. This shit sounds fucking amazing. It gives me gives me a little juice. Gives me a little juice in the brain. But it's still not as good as like the first time I heard the meters. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I heard like what the fuck is this? This is incredible. I can listen to this nonstop. Well, it's now, just not the same. Like I've, I feel like I've run out of things that I that are stimulating to me at that level. Well, now it's, the same thing is I don't know often now if I like something ironically, and yeah. I can't figure out. Like I listen to Rob Zombie a lot right now, right? And I 
when I listen to it, it makes me feel so good, and I can't figure out if I genuinely love it. You do. I don't. I personally believe that irony does not exist in music, and if you think it does, you are lying to yourself. Yeah. Because, like, I'll listen to the Foo Fighters. I used to listen to the Foo Fighters sort of as a joke, kind of for Dicker, because, you know, fucking... Yeah, but I love the Foo Fighters. I'm a good friend of... Hey, this is Dicker Troy, DJ with Josh Fade. I'm here with Whitmer Thomas. I'm a big fan of the fucking Foo Fighters. Great band. First two albums the Foo Fighters did are better than anything Nirvana ever recorded. <laughs> so there's that. There's that aspect of it. But also, I listen to the Foo Fighters if I'm running, and I'm, I'm getting fucking... 100% jazzed on this shit. Oh, yeah. It sounds great. And it's not ironic. And people who say that, like, I remember one time I worked in an office and this dumbass woman who worked there, she's, she wasn't a woman, she was the same age as me, but she, she was a woman, but you know what I mean? She was like in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. She, I said I was listening to Tom Petty or something. She's like, she thought I was listening to Tom Petty ironically. I'm like, fuck you, I'm not. And you can't listen to any music ironically because... If you listen to it and you like it, doesn't matter why you like it. There's no qualification. Well, and as far as films go, you think you can like those ironically? I think I don't. I mean, I think enjoy. If you enjoy something, you enjoy something. Well, because okay, so there's a movie like The Room. Yeah. People enjoy that because it's hilarious. But it's because also it's so poorly made. It's so poorly made, but I feel like also they enjoy it because it's a collective experience. So you yeah. watch it with a friend. How many people do you know watch the room by themselves? True. Almost nobody because so the room isn't so much the thing as it is the facilitator of the experience. So you you don't enjoy the movie so much, you enjoy the experience of watching the movie with someone because it's so bad. Mm. So in a way, it's a great movie because it's like a community-building movie in a weird way. Isn't that weird? That the fucking shitty movie is something that brings more people together than something like Peter Berg directs. Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. I love Peter Berg. Hey, Peter Berg, if you're listening, you're welcome to come to the podcast yeah, anytime. On. I've never cried in my life more than watching the last five minutes of Lone Survivor. Really? I, I fucking was shaking, sobbing. <laughs> I don't know what it is. This is this weird thing. It's some weird part of my brain that has some sort of boner, like emotional boner for military stuff, like military sacrifice. And the fact that that, that Afghani guy risked his life for this mm -hmm. American soldier. Uh, he doesn't know the guy. Like, I, I don't even want to talk about it because I feel like I'll get emotional. But he risked his life for that soldier he doesn't know, all because they had this ancient code. There's an ancient Afghani code which says something, I don't know, has something to do with an outsider. You have to do everything to help them. And he helps this guy, and he saves his life, and he finds it's a fucking true story. It's a real story, and they're still friends. Something about that, to me, when somebody gives their life for someone they don't, for no reason other than to be like, okay, I, I, you shouldn't die at the hands of evil. I have nothing, I have no connection to you whatsoever, but that's, it just is like so it's such like a pure, pure beauty it's like a real thing where you just don't ever see that ever it's like people are so we're so comfortable that we would never have that ex chance to experience something like that mm. i just miss it i want i would love to be a part of that i don't ever cry in a movie when someone is crying you know if someone's like feeling really sad and crying yeah. that never is it that's I don't ever cry. I always any mo Shit. moments when I cry is where someone really follows through. Yeah. When you don't think that they're going to. Like a football player. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> Anything like that, or yeah. if like someone is saying goodbye. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna cry. 
for sure. Or if like a dad is proud of his boy. That's a good one. Yeah, I'll be like, hot. <laughs> Did you cry? Did you see the first, did you see that movie Up? Yeah. That's that's yeah, the first you have to cry. Minutes, you yeah. have to cry. It's too beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Oof. Oh man. That don't that why? Why live that life? You wanna play us out of here with? Hey everybody, you are listening to Crying with the Boys here on Live to Tape, the Feral Audio Network. Uh, please check us out on Amazon. Go to feralaudio.com and click on the Amazon button and buy your shit. Rate and review, subscribe, check out Wit on Instagram. Go to Power Violence, it's every month. At the satellite also check out my new show decker decker's getting a monthly show josh fadem first sunday of the month december 4th is the first show come on into la watch sun absorbed on sunday nights if you can if it's still on check that show out johnny's on there he likes doing that show it's a fun and good show thank you so much for being here with is there anything you want to say to finish off the life here Anything um, you want to say? It's really important that we stick together. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, follow, follow me on Instagram because I feel like lately I've been putting out some really good, funny Instagram videos. And also, I really love those skate videos. I really and I do. Skate videos. And I have to get surgery on November 30th for my knee. Oh, and so fuck. I'll be laid up for a while. So if you guys want to communicate with me via internet, that's Twitter, soon. Instagram. That's a week from today. I know. Yes. Damn, really? I'm going to need a lot of stuff to look at on my phone. So. Tits. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get a heart on because I'll be on pills. You'll be able to get one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Live to Take. Play, some, play something cool. Wasn't that the dumbest thing to say ever? Play something cool. That's like saying, that's like a cop telling you, oh, you're a comedian? Tell me a joke.